Hello, everybody. My name is Lon Strohschein, former public company executive turned lifestyle engineer. One year ago, I left my job as a public company executive, and I left without a resume, without another job, without a Rolodex of clients. But I left anyway. I left believing that the best years of my life were in front of me and knowing that they weren't going to be found where I was standing. I left and my mission has become to inspire the lives of a thousand dudes, to inspire the dude I used to be, to go do the things they want to do. My job here is to give you courage to finally act. And it's to remind you that dude, at this stage in life, nobody shows up to do it for you, but I'm here and I'll travel that highway with you. Thanks for being here. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you along the normal 40 highway. My name is Lon Strohschein, founder of The Normal 40, and I am super excited that you are here. Hey, we've got another great podcast for you today, but this one's a little bit different. This one is uh, this one is personal. <laughs> well, certainly personal to me, I guess, to a certain extent, they all are. But this one is different. This is a podcast that, well, this is a, um, a recording that I didn't ever intend to turn into a podcast, to be quite honest. It's a recording of a talk that I gave last week at the soft launch of my uh, of an event to celebrate the launch of my new book called The Trade. It was an emotional event when 50 people showed up, 50 people from my past, 50 people who have either taken a risk on me or taken a risk with me in my life. You know, I sent out invites to people to, to come be part of this, this evening. And I was thinking that maybe 15 or 20 of them would show up and we would just have a nice kickoff, a nice little social celebration. And it turned out to be much closer to 50 people. And it was an absolute humbling experience. I told some stories. Well, you're going to hear. You're going to hear, so I'm not going to share. But here's, here's one thing I do want you to know. You've heard me tell the story of this mystery CEO. This mystery CEO who very early in my process, as I was really wrestling with what is normal 40, and I'm a, am I really feeling this alone? Am I the only one going through this? A CEO who poured out his heart to me and how he was feeling. And I shared with him a document that I didn't have my name on. I didn't want anybody to know I wrote it. And I didn't even want him to know I wrote it, but I gave it to him and I said, here, read this. And he threw it back across the table at me and he said, who wrote this? And I said, why? And he said, because this is how I feel. And I said, you, you feel this way? And he said, yes, who wrote this? And I said, I wrote it. And he said, you, you feel this way? And I said, yes, I, these, these words describe how I'm feeling too. And that was the first notion I had. It was before COVID. It was before so many of the things that have happened in my life have happened. And it was my first inkling that maybe I'm onto something here. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not really alone. Maybe the things I'm feeling aren't that I'm the only one feeling them. It's just that nobody's talking about them. And maybe, just maybe, I can be part of a movement that brings people who are feeling like there's more of their life in front of them, that they're in their best days, and that they know that they would trade the life they've got, the professional life they've got, to live the life that they're feeling called to live, but they don't know what it is. And they're afraid to talk to anybody about it. And we talk all the way, all the way through it. So what you're about to listen to is a very short uh, conversation where Darren comes, comes clean. He comes out and I had no idea he was going to do it. I had no idea what he was going to talk about as he introduced me. And he told the story on his own. He took it upon him to tell the story on his own of, of him being that CEO. And it's spectacular. 
Um, and there's three of us who, who speak here, Darren, Darren being one of them. Another one uh, is a, a gentleman by the name of Chuck Shaver. Now, Darren is somebody I've known for 25 years of my life. He's known me through much of my professional journey. And he's a, he's a, a personal friend and a friend uh, whom with I share a friendship that goes back many years. But Chuck is different. I met Chuck just barely a year ago. And Chuck and I have built a very wonderful working relationship, coaching relationship, and very collegial professional relationship. And he shares a story about how Normal 40 had impacted him along the way and truly changed the course of his life over just a couple of conversations. This is a powerful conversation. I am super excited you're here. I'm glad that you're going to tune in and listen to it. But this book, this, this is a conversation about my book, The Trade. And what I share in this presentation is just a snip, just a snip of what is in the book. In fact, probably the most powerful chapter, the chapter that General McChrystal, who endorsed the book, the chapter that Ryan Daniel Moran, who also endorsed the book, and the 39 others who also endorsed the book, probably chuck up as their favorite. Favorite, excuse me. I don't even talk about that chapter in this speech because it's a very personal chapter about my family and about mental health and about things that you go through. And if you're not paying attention, how they can go really, really wrong. Look, I want you to enjoy this. I want you to share it with anybody who you think might be interested, but here's what I really want. I would love it if at the end of this podcast, you go over, over to normal40.com and you click on the very top of, of the page and you sign up, uh, click on the trade and you sign up to get early access to the book. Now, early access is gonna get you access to a chapter. It's going to get you all the inside information on how to be the first to get copies of the book. And we're going to do some other special things in there as well. It's free to sign up. Just hop in there. And all I need is a name and email and you'll be on the inside. Hey everyone, thanks for being here. Enjoy this podcast. And if you like the podcast as a whole, please share it with anybody who will listen. We're on a movement, man. We're on a mission. I want to make the trade a New York Times bestseller. I've got no business being on the New York Times bestseller. I would be the biggest, <laughs> I would be the biggest outcast uh, since who knows who. But uh, anyway, it is my goal and I'm, I'm aiming to do it and I could use your help. I could use your help by, by asking you and if you would show up on July 19th at 9 a.m. to agree to buy my book. Anyway, go to normal40.com, click on the trade, get yourself on the list and we'll give you all the instructions from there. We're going to turn it back now over to the podcast. This is the soft launch of my book, The Trade. Good evening and, and welcome to this special venue on a special night for a special person and for a very special purpose. Lon and I have done a lot of things together over the years. Some good things, some really cool things. Yes, we've done some really dumb things too. But we've had a lot of fun and enjoyed whatever ride we've been on. And I have no doubt this next ride that we're gonna hear about tonight will be Lon's best ride yet. The first privilege I have tonight is to introduce someone I literally just met about two minutes ago for the first time. In my experience, these types of things only happen to me when Lon Stroshine is involved. So it's par for the course. But I know this, 
The first person that I'm going to introduce tonight is someone who has become a special person, an important person in Lon's life over the past year. So I have no doubt he's just an all-around great dude, and I can't wait to hear his story. Would you please help me welcome Chuck Shaver. Thank you. I uh, didn't know this was going to be so formal, but uh, I am here to tell my journey and my relationship with Lon, who I have been connected with on LinkedIn for almost a decade, but we never actually met in person uh, until last or a year and a half ago in October. So I'm a LinkedIn guy. For those of you that don't know, I, I live in LinkedIn. I train companies on LinkedIn. So I see a lot that goes on and have the last decade in LinkedIn. And then all of a sudden, this guy pops up out of nowhere, speaking truth, speaking from the heart, and really drilling down to my soul. As far as the challenges, things I want to do, things I'm scared to do, uh, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks, and I, I had to meet him. So we met, and I was you know, ready to make the trade, but I needed a push. I needed, you know, I needed validation. I needed comfort. Uh, you know, I was getting that luckily at home, um, but you know, you always, you're always your own worst critic. So I met with Lon and immediately I was attracted to the fact that, you know, he wanted to be this coach. He wanted to help people. He was experienced in mergers and acquisitions and different, you know, company ventures. But he wasn't a coach in the aspect of, here's the game plan, this is what you need to do. He was someone that just asked me open-ended questions uh, of, well, what do you think of this? And why would you make that decision versus that decision? And he kind of just opened it up so I could vent and walk through my own journey. Um, I didn't think I'd get emotional over this, but... Uh, you really kind of freed me, Lon, and I appreciate that. I was also, at the time, uh, offered a role with a company. And I was toying with the fact of the bird in the hand, here's the easy paycheck, I can get back in the game, I can go back and work for the man, or I can really do this and I can jump in with both feet. And I had a couple last minute, like, I need to talk to you now. He's like, I can meet you at lunch in 45 minutes where he dropped everything and we ran out because he knew I had to get this off my chest and make some hard decisions. Um, I walked from the bird in hand. I went off on my own. And two years later, I've, I've never been happier. I, I'm working with Avera. I'm working with Midco. I'm working with companies across Europe. I'm, I'm not ready to buy that jet yet. I'm not making huge money, but I, I love what I do. I love what I'm delivering, and, and people are happy with my services. So it's extremely rewarding. It's, it's very freeing, and I really owe a lot of that to you and, and my lovely wife, Ashley, in the back somewhere, uh, for allowing me to, to uh, pursue that. So all I want to say is thank you, um, and I hope to have you a friend in my life for a very long time. So. Chuck, thank you.
This is what I find myself doing a lot. Um, I stand behind a podium, I stand in front of a group of people, and I talk. I've done this a thousand times, maybe more, but never at any time in the past nor any time in the future that I'll have the opportunity to do this will doing this have more special personal meaning to me than uh, being able to be here to uh, introduce my friend, Lon Strohshine, on a very special night. Lon, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. In Lon's book and in his very first podcast, he begins his story in many respects by talking about a conversation he had a few years ago with a CEO. That conversation convinced Lon that he was on the right track with all these ideas and feelings rolling around inside himself. That CEO was me. A few years ago, I found myself at a point where the organization I was leading had strung together a number of successful years. We had by far the most financial success we had ever had in our organization's history. Every time I turned around, I was receiving praise for that. And by the way, way more than I deserved. I had a beautiful wife, and we were coming up on our 25th anniversary just around the corner, which, by the way, was about 23 years more than the over-under bet on our wedding day. <laughs> Most of the money was on the under. I'm, I'm uh, happy to say I beat those odds. I had three of the best kids anyone could possibly hope for, way better than I deserved, uh, just as my longtime childhood babysitter boldly proclaimed at our first baby shower uh, when she said to the audience, including my wife, I hope your children are as rotten and naughty as Darren, because that's what he deserves. <laughs> so I, I got way better than I deserve. I was in my prime both personally and professionally by any measurement, and yet I found myself texting Stroh in the middle of an afternoon asking if he had time for a drink. In spite of our very close relationship, our respect for each other, and the deep trust we have in one another, I was struggling to ask him the question I desperately wanted to ask somebody, somebody I could trust. The question was this, I should feel like I'm on top of the world by all accounts, but is this it? Is this as good as it gets? Have I peaked professionally? Is my family as happy as they can really be? And I felt guilty even having these thoughts, let alone sharing them out loud. Are you kidding me? I have a good job. We have a great life. I wouldn't trade my family for any family out there. How dare I have these thoughts? That's how I felt. Shouldn't I just be grateful for everything I have? Why am I being so selfish even thinking about this stuff? Lon listened intently, like he always does. Then he started fidgeting with his smartphone, took that smartphone, slid it across the table, and said, read this. It was something Lon had written on a flight home from a recent business trip. This was my introduction to Normal 40. We had perhaps the most profound conversation the two of us have ever had that day. And in spite of what you might think, we do have substantive conversations from time to time. For me, it was a reminder that I am in control to a large extent of what my life looks like, what my happiness looks like, 
both today and tomorrow and beyond. I'm not sure why I needed this reminder, but I did. And I just remember that day feeling liberated by that. For me, and we're all different, we all take different paths, uh, but for me, that meant challenging myself, our staff, and our organization to be even more innovative, more aggressive, capture more opportunities, be more successful. That's what I needed to feel fulfilled and to once again look forward to going to work every single morning and hopefully being a better person at home too. Now look, I'm still very much a work in progress. Uh, that beautiful wife I referenced earlier, if you don't believe me, don't want to take my word for it, ask her. She's not shy about, uh, she won't be shy about telling you that. When Lon called to tell me he was not going to be a part of the Raven transition after the acquisition, uh, but instead was striking out to pursue this Normal 40 passion project full time, I thought he was crazy. And for some of you here tonight, if you're being completely honest, you had the same thought. But you're here tonight because you know Lon very well. I bet you also had the same thought I had next, which is this. If anyone on the planet can take this this thing, this concept, and bring it to life and make it successful, it's Lon Strohshine. I quickly envisioned and still do today Lon standing on stages just like this one all over the country talking about normal 40 and changing lives in the same way he did as you heard from Chuck. Tonight for all intents and purposes is the beginning of realizing this vision. Would you please help me welcome the person who had the courage to found Normal 40, one of the most special people I've ever known. Please uh, welcome my good friend, Lon Strohshine. Well, I think I'm ready for a drink now. Um, you know, <laughs> today, I mean, I walked in today and I was alone, there's no one on the stage, it was dark, and I came in and it's just me and that. And for a long time, it was just me and that here. But a long time before me and that logo was this feeling, was this feeling, and Chuck talked about it, and Darren talked about it. Um, and I need to say some thanks. I need to thank, um, I need to thank Darren. I mean, what an what a incredibly gracious introduction. I need to thank Chuck, um, somebody who's, who's um, somebody I've just come to appreciate. And when I was preparing for this, I realized, you know, look, there's going to be a wide array of people who are going to be here. There's going to be people who knew me growing up as little Lon, the farm kid Lon. And then there's going to be people who've known me since college, people who've known me the last 30 years of my life. And that's a different group of people. And then there's the people who are going to have known me in the last 15 years and 20 years. Those are my professional friends. Those are the people who know me from banking. And those are the people who know me from Raven. And then there's going to be people like Chuck who've known me for a year. And you're all going to know me differently. And you're all going to appreciate me differently. And you're going to see my story differently. But under it all, I'm just the same guy the same guy through it all. 
And as I thought about what am I going to say, how am I going to start this, I, I was just wondering, how do, I, how do I kick this off? And I realized, um, I've actually been dreaming about this for a long time. I've been dreaming about this moment, this day, this concept, this platform for years, if not decades. I didn't know it was going to be normal 40. But when you think about that and you dream about it and you wonder where it's going to go, you, you wonder, who's going to show up? When it's my time and I finally have the courage to step out and do something for me, on my terms, my story, my way, who's going to show up? You. Thank you. The other thing you wonder about is, well, geez, how do you thank your family, right? So I don't know how to do it other than to say thank you. And I'm blessed. And thank you for being here. You guys have been awesome. So look, I got to tell you, the last 15 months have been absolutely crazy. Uh, in February of 2022, I separated from my, from my job at Raven, and I set out without a resume, without a Rolodex of clients, without a business plan, without a real, real sense of exactly what I was going to do, but I knew there was something. I knew there was something. There was something going on in me, uh, and I knew it had started years before, and it started in the story that Darren talked about, in this story that he was sharing with me with how he was feeling and that I was feeling the same way. And when I would share with him how I was feeling, he was feeling the same way. And we were both at the top of our game, at the top of our professional careers. Nothing to be afraid of, nothing to, be, nothing to run from. We're at the top of our executive careers. But something was amiss. And I've learned in the last 15 months, I've had 437 phone calls with people I've never met. People who one year ago didn't know my name, didn't know who I was, but I've struck a chord with them. Something about the message I put out in Normal 40, where you can love your job, you can love what you're doing, you can love who you work with, you can do great work, and still feel like there's something more. And that's okay. That is okay to feel that way. And that permission, just that line, the day I left Raven, was a flavor of what I put out there. And my life changed that day because my inbox lit up from men and women around the world who felt that way. And I was giving them permission to feel that way too. And I knew in that moment, there's something there. And what I discovered in the last year and 437 phone calls later, 437 calls I have recorded, 437 conversations with men and women from front seats of pickup trucks, literally crying and pouring their hearts out to me about how they wish they could just feel better. I realized everybody goes through this. Everybody goes through something at some point in their life. I told you I'm a South Dakota farm kid. I'm going to take you back to the summer of 1985. Typical summer day, uh, I was 10. And, uh, you know, it was a big farm, big operation. It was growing. And the 80s were tough on a farm. Days were tough. And, uh, and I was in the yard, and I was in the yard with my dad and my sister Amy, who's here. And Amy's six years older than me. She was 16. And I remember a semi coming down the hill, and that's an exciting time. When you're 10 and a semi comes down the hill, that's an exciting time. And on the farm, that's always a good thing. This day felt different. It was not an exciting time. And I remember the vibe changing at that moment. 
My dad at that time was 46. And that semi wasn't coming to drop anything off. It was coming to pick things up. And I asked Amy, what, what's going on? And as she was running to the house, they're coming to take our farm away. My dad in the yard that I grew up in had normal 40 moment. It happens. It came. And I remember it. Fast forward to 2020, actually 2019, I was living a dream. I was doing the best I could. I was doing great work, working with some of the best people who are all over here. We're part of a wonderful executive team and we're just having a blast. But something wasn't sitting right with me. Something wasn't, something was rough, something was off. And I would have conversations and what I would do is I would write. I would just go write. And, and something was gnawing at me and I would sit down and I would draw and I was like, what, what's going on? And I had this conversation with Darren and when I slid that, what he talked about, what I slid across was something I'd never intended to share with anyone. I thought I was alone. Every word he said in that conversation I had in that document that I'd wrote months earlier, because I was feeling the same thing. So when he poured out to me what he's feeling, I just spun around what I'd wrote. And I realized in that moment, wait a minute, there's something to this. There is something to this. Maybe this isn't abnormal. Maybe this is actually normal. And I started to write about it. Um, hopefully this baby works for me here. So I sat down and I drew this. This is one of the very first documents I did in, in Normal 40, and I don't ask you to strain to, to look this, uh, but, um, but I'll, I'll get to it in a minute. But I sat down, I think through businesses and what I'm feeling through drawing. Every business plan I've ever done, I draw it out. This circle was the candle on the table I was at. I drew a circle around it, and I'm like, why do I feel this way? What's going on? Let's analyze this. And then I made it a clock. And around the outside of the clock for every year is seven years, roughly seven years. So from one to three, I realized that's a very significant time in my life. What, what happened there? And I realized that's my inheritance. That's the point in your life where, sorry, where it just, it's what you're given. It's when you're born, it's what you're given. You don't do anything to earn it. You don't do anything to deserve it. And sometimes it's not fair. You can be born into a family of alcoholism and drugs, you can be born into a family that's divorced, or you can be born into a family that's wealthy and healthy, and you don't have any control over it. And for the first 20 years of your life, that's just what you're given. You inherit it. And I'm like, okay, my inheritance was pretty damn good. So then the next quadrant comes up. And this is the endowment. And this is where things get pretty fun. You graduate from college, you pick a major, and you go out and you set out. It's like, now these are my decisions. These are the things that I want to do for me. And the things that I want to do and the decisions I make. And I'm going to get good grades and I'm going to get married and we're going to start a family. And all of the things that happen for you in that point, well, that's your endowment. Those are the decisions you make for you. I'm just going to click through these so they come up. And the question you ask there is, how high can I climb? Then the next one is in normal 40, and I realized when I got to this point in the clock, and it was the six o'clock hour, because I was 45, and in the, at the six o'clock hour in this clock was 42, I'm like, I get it. I'm in my life's halftime. 
If I live until I'm 90, and if I work until I'm 65, I am in my life's halftime. That's what I'm feeling. That's the urgency. That's what I have to deal with. And this little clock I drew, I realized that what I'm feeling is I've got to deal with who I am really. Am I really a public company executive doing mergers and acquisitions? Well, that's, that's my title, but is that who I am? Is that who I'm going to be? And is that where I'm going to, is that where the story is going to stop with me? And I decided it's not. And that I think a lot of people uh, go through that. So I spent a lot of time thinking, okay, who is, who is this person? And why is this gnawing at me? And this clock opened up to me that this is a process that a lot of people are going through because a lot of people, when they get to normal 40, they're going to feel those things. So fast forward, um, it was now, uh, I had these feelings in 2020, COVID hit. I had gone and got my executive coaching certification and COVID hit and that kind of put everything on hold for a while. Then 2021 came along and lo and behold, um, as I was thinking, these emotions are starting to stir up again, Raven is starting to go through a transaction. Get busy, things kind of come off. Well then around August of that year, um, things changed again because it became pretty obvious that we were gonna transact and I was still wrestling with things. And my wife and I were taking a trip to Minneapolis. We'd, uh, we were going to a George Strait concert. And George Strait is a huge hero of mine. I absolutely love him. And we we're going to this concert. And on the drive up, you know, we're listening and talking about stuff. She grabs my arm and she says, hey, when we get up to the cities, I want to talk to you about something. Ah, crap. That's never good. I've never heard those words and felt like, oh, good, I can't wait to see what this is. This will be a spectacular conversation. So I asked her, look, any hints? Can I have anything? Got any, anything I can go on? She's like, no, just when the time is right, I want to talk to you about something. Great. So uh, we go do our thing. We go to the concert. It was an all-day concert. And, uh, and we get done. And we go to this little nondescript bar in Minneapolis. And the music's low, and we're having a great conversation. And she grabs my arm again. She says, I want to talk to you about something. All right. So it's probably November. Um, the transaction is, is imminent, and I'm wrestling. I'm really wrestling now. And she said, uh, and that's what she's told me. She said, Lon, I know you've been wrestling. You've been different. You've been distant. And I know that you've got a dream in you. And I want to talk to you about that. And she said, I know you've got an offer to stay at Raven, and I know you've got an offer to work somewhere else, but I want you to listen to this. I want you to know that I don't think your future's there. I want you to know that you're a teacher, and you need to teach. I want you to know that you're, I know you're dreaming about normal 40, and I know you don't know what it is yet, but you're dreaming about it, and I know you are, and I want you to do it. And when you do it, I want to do it with you. And if that means we'll sell, need to sell the house, we'll sell the house. And if that means someday we're standing in a food line, I'll stand with you. But I want you to do normal 40. That's my wife. <laughs> so then the craziest thing in the world happened after that. I'm sitting there and we're having this conversation. And in that moment, it was like the movies, the weight of the world came off. It's like the lights came up because these words came off my lips in that moment. Maybe my work here is done. I'm the M&A guy. We're going to transact. My work here is done. I'm not quitting. 
I'm not leaving, I'm finishing. My work here's done. And the moment that those words came out of my mouth, everything changed, and that's what I did. I came back, I uh, signed my separation papers, and off we went. So fast forward, uh, I then, I came back, I'm like, I still didn't know what I was gonna do, and I sat down on day one, it, literally, my, my post is called day one, I have it right here. My first day as an unemployed dude. What a highlight, right? So I'm an unemployed dude. I'm like, okay, Grace, my daughter, and kids are calling me the stay-at-home cat dad. I'm like, well, I guess that's a title I'm going to have to deal with for a while. And, uh, and that's what I was. So I, I went to LinkedIn and I wrote. I just said, hey, today's day one. I don't know what day two is going to bring. I don't know what day 30 is going to bring. But day one's pretty damn great. I woke up. The carpet was warm. The house was cool. My family was here and I'm gonna figure it out. And in that moment, my life changed again because people from all over the world showed up and they wanted to know how I did it, how I knew it was time. And that was the moment I knew something's here. And I decided that I was gonna give myself one year. I'm gonna spend one year to learn everything I can about this person, every single kin, every, every single thing I can. And this is what I've learned. I know who they are. I know what they have. I know what they want and I know what they feel. And I'm gonna talk about all of that right here. So the first thing I ask my clients after 437 conversations is, is, you know, tell me what's going on. What's going on? And what's really interesting is everybody who finds me kind of fits this same mold. Who's the normal 40? Who are the people who find me? These people. These are people who are leaders and executives. They've dedicated their life to a single profession. They're providers, problem solvers. They've got good marriages, but they could improve. They've lived right and they've lived life by the book. They've outperformed their own expectation of just a few years ago. They're relentlessly loyal and they've done what's expected of them. That's a pretty damn person, good person to know and a good person to be and a good person to surround yourself with. And these are the people, 437 of them, that have found me. They belong on this list. Ironically, what are they? What do they have in common? They typically are physicians, career military, attorneys, accounting partners, business owners, and executives. Why? Because they dedicated their life early to the profession they're doing now. When you pick a profession when you're a sophomore in college and you're still doing it when you're 45, 46, 47, 48, that gets tough. It just does. It gets tough. And these are the people who find me. What do they have? They got a lot. They've got a great income, W-2 safety, lifestyle expectation, nice cars, homes, club memberships, loyalty rewards, Marriott rewards, image, title, office team, success, and a family that's getting older. Well, who doesn't want that? Hard to feel sorry for that guy, isn't it? I mean, look at that. Who would feel sorry about that? Well, you just heard Darren say it. He had all that. 436 others. There are people in the room, the people you've known me for 18 months or less. That's you. You're on this. I'm just describing you. That's why you're here. You've got more than you ever wanted. You've got enough. And you've achieved all you've set out to achieve. That's what you have. So what do you feel? I ask every single person I talk to, what do you feel? Tell me what you're feeling. Put it in your words. And the words that I use are awesome and concerning. They say, I feel like I'm on autopilot. 
I'm frustrated, I feel controlled, I feel uncertain, lost, and stressed. I'm annoyed, alone, paralyzed, stale. I feel like I'm in a box and I'm stuck. I'm anxious, caged, discontent. I miss my family. I really miss my family. And I've got this shame and I've got guilt for feeling the way I have, uh, feeling the way I do because of everything I have. You just heard Darren tell the story. He didn't know these are my notes. It's his story. He, they feel shame and guilt. In their, they're in the prime of their life and they feel that there's a clock. They're ready for more. But now they've got too much to lose. They've reached the highest and they've got, they've got too much to lose. What do they want? Pretty simple. They want freedom and control, time with kids, time with spouse, balance, ease. They want to feel present, energy, friendship, clarity, image, laughter, and confidence. That's it. That's all they want. Pretty basic list. And what do they need? They need courage. And they need a lantern who can tell them it's okay. And they need a guide to show them how to do it. And they need a guard to make sure that they don't do it longer than they should and regret not doing it when they know they should have. That's who it is. That's my guy. Everyone goes through normal 40. Some have gone through it. Some will go through it. Some of you are going through it. Everyone goes through normal 40. So, as I've gone through this, I spent, uh, I started in about September of last year and I realized I need to write a book about this. I'm a good writer, I love to write. And I sat down and over the course of about four or five months, I wrote a book that I am proud of. And that's why we're here. The book is called The Trade. And I walk you through exactly this, exactly this process. I tell the story about the farm. I tell the story of my wife. My wife has a chapter in the book where she talks about the trade from her side of the marriage. And I've got a chapter in there about my daughter and a struggle that families go through sometimes that they don't talk about outside their walls. But if somebody doesn't start talking about it, things get way worse than they need to. And it's a very precious chapter. I've let 40 people read the book. 37 have sent me back endorsements that are beyond generous. And I love it. And I'm happy to share with you my book, The Trade. That'll be coming out. I want to say one more thing, and then I'll wrap it up. Um, you might be wondering, you know, what do you do here? When, you, when you're feeling this, what do you do? And I tell everybody kind of the same thing. You need to look at this thing you're wrestling with. And this is the same conversation I had with Chuck. And it's the same conversation I had with Darren. And you've got to look at the situation you've got, and you've got to be really honest about one thing. Will you regret it if you don't? Whatever you're staring at. Me, at Raven, and Normal 40, my wife called me out. She knew I would regret it if I didn't go do it. Even though the plan wasn't baked, the finances weren't there, we're not independently wealthy, go figure it out. So you've got to ask yourself that question again and again and again. Will you regret it if you don't? Is this your day? Will you regret it if you don't? And if the answer is I might, then you're probably going to want to do it. Because on your last day, your last day on this earth, your very last day. If this day you're wrestling with it, on your last day on this earth, you're going to look back at this day and wish you'd done it. And you're going to have regrets for not doing it. And you don't want to have that regret. One more thing I need to say. There's some people in this room who've taken risks on me along the way. Um, 
I, uh, I'm a South Dakota farm kid. I thought I was going to go home and be a farm kid. And then one day my phone rang. And I had an opportunity to go work for a U.S. Senator, something I, I didn't expect. And it led to a life I couldn't have imagined. I absolutely couldn't have imagined. And I remember where I was sitting. I remember the room I was in. I remember where I was at in Brookings when the call came in. And it was the first time I heard the voice of Steve Erpenbach. And Steve asked me if I would consider going to work or applying for a position for U.S. Senator. And I told him, I think so. Jeez, what, wouldn't, isn't that, seems like the, I should say yes to that. And one thing led to another, and I think you guys know the story. I eventually ended up going to work for that center, senator. Fast forward um, in 2004, um, and then a little bit later, my phone rang again, and it was an opportunity to go to work for a bank that I had admired for a long time, a bank that six years earlier refused to hire me when I gave them an application, but we're not going to dwell on that very long. <laughs> and it was the voice of Van Fishback who said, I've always admired you, I like what you're doing, and if there's ever a reason for us to work together, I would like to do that. And I told him, I think we've got a good reason to do that. And I came to work here for his bank in Sioux Falls uh, and met a whole bunch of wonderful people who are sitting over at this table there. And I need to thank both of those two gentlemen for taking a chance on me. And the last one is Dan Rickus, and I don't think Dan's here, but he's the third one who pulled me out of Vans. Uh, outfit to go to Raven, and he's another one who took a risk on me. So thank you for that. That's all I've got. Look, thank you everyone so much for being here. I appreciate it. I, I start so many stories now with, if you'd have told me a year ago that I would be standing here launching a book, standing in front of all of you, the people who showed up, the people I'm not going to forget, the people I'm going to pay it forward for, if you'd have told me one year ago that this is what I'd be doing, I'd tell you, you're crazy, but I'm happy. I'm happy. Because in one year from now, I don't know where I'm going to be. I don't. But I know I'm going to be doing this, and I'm going to be having fun, and I'm going to be changing lives. Because I can tell you, every day I get letters from people I've never met. I didn't know they followed me. I didn't even know they were on the platform telling me that normal 40 changed their life. And that's my mission. My mission is to build a platform that makes it okay to not be okay, to do things that feel like a risk, and have a community behind you to help you do it. That's it. And when you do that, man, it is a trip. Thank you for being here. I love you all. When people show up for you, it's emotional. And y'all showed up for me, and I appreciate it. Hey, everyone, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you to the 50 people who showed up for me. You show up again and again and again. It was a Wednesday night. It's a busy time of the year in the middle of summer. And 50 people, 50 people took an hour and a half out of their evening to meet other people who are right where they are and to share, well, some of their time with me. And it means a lot. I would also like to thank Chuck Shaver and Darren Smith for all your graciousness. And I'd also like to thank Margaret Carmody, who is helping me bring this book to life. She's a dear friend of mine from Raven, and I absolutely am loving this opportunity to work alongside of her on this book launch. Thank also to Jeremy and Normal 40 Publishing for bringing this book uh, into the world on July 19th. Man, I am so excited. I just am beside myself to bring this book out of the shadows. I'm really 
getting tired of talking about it. And I just want to get busy celebrating it. So if you'd do me a favor, go to normal40.com. Please sign up, go to the trade at the top, sign up for early access. We're going to get you all the information you need You need to buy the book on July 19th at 9 a.m. Here's the biggest ask I've got. I need you to buy whatever you're going to, you're going to use to read it. But if you're going to buy a hardcover or a soft cover, I'm going to ask you to also please buy the Kindle edition and download it immediately for two reasons. One, you get to read it immediately, but two, that's the algorithm that really is going to drive up my book. So please spend the extra nine bucks. I know it's nine bucks. I know that doesn't come. That's not just hanging on trees, but I would really, really appreciate it. It would mean a lot to me. And if I've got any chance of making the New York times bestseller, it's going to take a few of you willing to spend an extra nine bucks to help me push, help push the trade up that list. Everyone. Thanks for being here. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on YouTube TV. Please like this podcast and share it. It's all I've got. And from Adam and myself, we hope to see you a little further down the road and we'll see you on the next page.